Hello, and welcome to the Toddcast. Um, it occurs to me that quite often, uh, when I'm starting these bad boys off, things are a little, little sketchy, little, little, little stop and go. Um, and largely, just so that you, those of you know, um, it's because, uh, essentially the procedure is, is that, you know, I, I get things geared up and I hit record, and then, you know, put the car in reverse and work towards getting out of my parking lot, etc. Uh, which involves, you know, what would seem to be a simple enough right turn out of my lot. Uh, but it's onto a, you know, downtown street that is generally pretty busy at this time, uh, and also has the disadvantage of having street-side parking that blocks visibility. Uh, so if I'm a little, you know, disjointed at the beginning, I apologize. Um, the alternative is to get on the road and then hit the record button, and that falls into the realm of um, what I call unsafe activities, that it's just not worth it. Um, chiefly in that, you know, if you're behind the wheel and operating your vehicle, and that, that sucker is not in park, you should not be playing with your phone at, at all, really, Um there really aren't any good exceptions to that. Um, you know, if you're in an emergency situation where you have to be on your phone, pull over um, and use your phone because otherwise you might very well become the emergency situation for someone else. Um, so just figured I'd throw that out there. Uh, you know, it's it's odd to listen to your own podcast, uh, but I do so from time to time, you know, to make sure things sound good and you know, check on the quality, and sometimes I forget what I said and need to go back and review it. And I've noticed that the beginning pieces there can sometimes be a little disjointed and, and thought I'd, uh, you know, address that real quick uh, to you, the the listening public, in case, you know, for some reason that was on your mind. Uh, it may be that none of you even noticed, and I'm just, you know, overly sensitive to it, in which case, now that I've called it out, you'll notice it every time. So you're welcome, I guess. Um you know, I don't know, um, don't necessarily have a particular topic in mind, uh, when I hopped, uh, hopped behind the wheel today, um, like I said, that last little tidbit just occurred to me, and I figured I'd throw it out there, um, so we're gonna kinda, you know, deviate from the, hey, let's have a topic, and we'll, we'll chat about that, and go, go into sort of a, well, let's just randomly talk about, you know, whatever sort of a thing, um, and so I guess the best place to start at this point would be um, based on some feedback I got uh, from, from a listener. Uh, hello, listener Eric, uh, who shared with me uh, after listening to the, um, the, the cast about games, um, I believe I proceeded to just ramble on and on about role-playing games in particular, um, and he was um, surprised that uh, I I did not discuss uh, Magic the Gathering in, in any sort of detail. Uh, I seem to remember it being sort of a, a passing note, uh, but there really wasn't a lot of content in that um, that was discussed. Uh, and he thought that was weird because, you know, I, I have over various points in my life been a, a very big... Uh, Magic the Gathering player, uh, or MTG for you cool kids who are all about the abbreviations. 
don't like saying complete words. Um, so we can we can talk about that. Um, I guess the thing is, is I don't know that I could fill a whole cast with just talking about Magic the Gathering. Uh, unless I started to get, like, super into it and was, like, talking about specific cards uh, or, or awesome combos or whatever. Um, for which I'm sure there is an audience. Uh, but for which I'm also sure there are already plenty of podcasts out there that can talk to that, uh, probably better than I can, uh, truth be told. Um, so rather than, uh, simultaneously encroach on their turf, uh, and disappoint those that know, uh, about magic, uh, we're going to go in a more broad sense, um, for those of you not familiar with the game, um, it is a, uh, collectible card game. Um, if you're not familiar with Magic the Gathering, I dare say you are possibly familiar with some other collectible card games, um, particularly notable among those, uh, I know at one point Yu-Gi-Oh! was a big thing, not sure if that's still the case or not, uh, but the one that anyone with kids of really any kind of age where they, you can still call them kids, uh, would be familiar, would be Pokemon. Um, trivia bit for you. Uh, it is not that Magic the Gathering is like Pokemon. Um, it is that Pokemon is like Magic the Gathering. Magic the Gathering was first, uh, for those of you keeping score at home. Um, and other than being, both of them being collectible card games, there really aren't a whole lot of similarities between the two. Um, but... The, the premise of the collectible card game, in a general sense, is that um, unlike a traditional card game where you, you know, buy a deck of cards that are all, you know, uniform uh, in the sense that, you know, if I buy a deck, somebody else buys a deck, you know, whoever goes to Target and buys, uh, say, a deck of Uno cards, you're all getting the same cards. Like, that's, it's, a, it's, it's how that is. Um... When you're dealing with collectible card games, you know, depending on what it is you're you're purchasing, you're getting a a you know random or semi-random assortment of cards um, that are you know a subset of a collection. Um, the cards typically have rarities, so there are you know commons, uncommons, rares. Uh, in the case of Magic, they're mythic rares, um, which all correspond to how you know what your likelihood of getting that card is in any given, you know, deck or pack. Um, generally speaking, those rarities um, correlate with the the card's abilities or powers within the game. Um, so, you know, if you've got a common, it, you know, represents a, a low-powered creature or a very, you know, simple sort of ability, uh, whereas your mythic rares, you know, on the far end of the spectrum tend to be, you know, really kick-ass critters or, you know, spells that have seriously game-changing uh, effects. Um, the the nice thing about having a game like that um, where you, you've got varying types of cards is, you know, you, you basically collect these cards uh, and you, you build your own deck, um, Again, I'm just going to keep using Magic the Gathering, uh, you know, as a 
as an example. Uh, but to play Magic the Gathering, you need a 60-card deck. Uh, and there are some rules about what cards you can put in there, like you really aren't supposed to have more than four of any one card. Um, you know, there, there are some guidelines in terms of what kind of cards you should include so that your, your deck is, you know, versatile and well-balanced uh, that I'm not going to get into right now. Uh, again, that starts to go into super nerd levels that will uh, bore several of you, I would think. Um, but you, you, instead of, you know, just getting, again, a, a, you know, a, a, an Uno deck and randomly, you know, being dealt a handful of cards, uh, everybody drawing from the same deck, uh, in the collectible card games, everyone has their own deck that they have, you know, put together themselves based on, you know, the cards that they have access to, uh, and their, per, their, you know, personal play styles, um, it's a very, it's a very, you know, customized sort of thing, very specific to that person, that player, um, which is one of the, one of the joys of the game, in my opinion, um, you know, no two opponents that you play uh, are going to have the same cards, the same deck. Every time you sit down to play, it is very much a new experience, um, which is which is good. It keeps keeps things you know keeps things exciting, keeps things new, keeps things fresh. Um, you know, with the advent of the collectible card game, um, you've also got. Uh, you know, a whole bunch of things that kind of go along with that, uh, meaning that because there are all of these cards and different rarities for these cards, uh, there has sprung up a, a rather remarkable uh, secondary market for these cards. Um, because, um, like I said, they, you're, you're building your own deck with, you know, what you want to go into it, and, you know, if your option is to just keep buying booster packs, which are like 15 cards each, uh, where you get like a rare, three uncommons, and the rest are commons. Every now and then you might get lucky and get a, get a, you know, a mythic rare or an ultra rare of some sort, but generally that's the proportion. If you're just going to, you know, buy booster packs in hopes of getting the cards that you want, I mean, you can do that, uh, and that, you know, can work for you. Or you can just hit the internet and buy the cards that you want to go into your deck, um, to make it how you want right out the gate without having to, you know, buy a crap ton of other cards and end up with a bunch of stuff you don't necessarily want, uh, etc. Um, which has its, its, its perks and its downsides. Um, you know, the perks are you get to, you know, build your deck immediately. The downsides are that that can sometimes lend to uh, people's decks being a little more powerful than they might otherwise be kind of buy your way in, uh, you've got just all kinds of disposable income and want to just go buy a bunch of high-powered cards, it, it by no means guarantees that you will win. There is definitely still an element of strategy and, and luck involved, uh, but you are literally stacking the deck in your favor um, by doing so, um, which, depending on which end of the... Uh, end of that deal you're on might be a fine thing, might might be problematic. Um, I know there were definitely points in time when I was playing, because um, I was never a big fan of going out and buying a deck, like the cards in for a specific deck. I was 
much more keen on it, the, the the challenge and the skill of taking the cards that I've acquired through other me, you know, by just collecting them and um, seeing what I could do with those to make the best deck possible out of those, as opposed to just you know going online, seeing who the latest you know world champion is, and just buying all the cards that they had in their deck and trying to you know give a go of it. Um, to me, that 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 in my opinion, that lacks a certain finesse, a certain, uh, you know, skill. There, there's something to be said for, you know, building your own deck, having your own ideas, uh, doing your own thing in that regard. Uh, what else can we say? Uh, Magic the Gathering, the premise of Magic the Gathering specifically, is that you are a, a, a wizard, um, a planeswalker, as they, they call them. Uh, and the the deck of cards represents um, the spells that you have to cast. Um, various creatures that you can summon to fight on your behalf. Uh, various, you know, sorceries and instants that can have, you know, a wide range of effects from, you know, causing damage to your opponent or their creatures. Uh, buffing your creatures so that they're, they're more powerful. Um, you know, things you can cast on your opponent's creatures to make them weaker. Uh, there are enchantments that you can throw down for a variety of effects. There are uh, artifact cards that, that tend to have some pretty you know awesome uh, effects in the game. Um, and I guess I should also mention that you know each of the cards sort of has its own rules, uh, which is something that can you know kind of throw people for a loop. Uh, again, if you're if you're playing Uno, you know a one is different than a three you know, and, you know, they might both be the same color or what have you, but it all follows, you know, Uno follows the same rules. You throw down one of the same number or the same color, and you can go on. Um, each of the cards in Magic has its own sort of thing going on. Um, you know, each of the creatures has their own stats. Some of them have special abilities that, you know, impact either that creature or other, you know, aspects of the game. Uh, to To use Uno is sort of a approximation there. It's kind of like, you know, in Uno, you've got, um, you know, all of the, you know, different numbers uh, in four different colors, but you also have, you know, reverse and skip uh, and draw two that, you know, you play by generally the same rules as to match the color of the other card that was played, but it's not just discarding a card. Something else happens. It skips the next person or it reverses the turn order uh, or they have to draw cards, you know. Uh, it's 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 a little twist on things, uh, so that's 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 a very broad <laughs> approximation of what it's like. Um, but you know, in your in your deck, you've got a whole bunch of cards that all you know have their own little rule sets that impact the game in different ways, um, which makes it a little tricky to get into the game. There's there there's sort of a bit of a learning curve there. I mean the the basic uh, concept for the game is, you know, you you cast spells, you know, whether they're instantaneous effects or, you know, bringing creatures out on the board. Uh, there's a phase where you attack with your creatures, and that gets resolved according to a, you know, particular set of rules. Um, you know, it all, it all follows the same general rule set, but every card you play has some impact on the game and, you know, could alter the rules, you know, for that point moving forward until that card comes out of play. 
So there's 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 a bit of a learning curve there. Um, but it also gives a lot of opportunity for strategy and tactics and, and ways of looking at things and sort of combos that you can do. Uh, well, if I play this card and then, you know, play this card after it, it will be more effective than if I just played, you know, those cards, you know, independently on different turns. Uh, things like that. Or, you know, if, if, if my opponent plays this card, then I've got this one in my hand that can counteract it um, or, you know, redirect what it does to something else. Uh, it's, it, there, there are a lot of interactions, a lot of interplay there that, like I said, keep, keep every game very different, very fresh, uh, very fun. Um, so in order to cast your spells, um, there's a card type, you know, called land. Um, there are five, five colors, uh, in magic, um, each of which has a land type associated with them. Uh, and to, to cast those spells, you've got to have a certain amount of lands uh, or other mana sources available. Uh, so for for the black spells, there are swamps. Um, you know, in each swamp you 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 tap uh, gives you a point of black mana. Uh, for for uh, for red, it's it's mountains. For green, it's forests. For white, it's plains. And for uh, blue, they're islands. Um, and like each of the each of the cards you cast then has a a casting cost that tells you you know how many lands you need to tap or how much mana you need to generate to you know bring that card out and put it into play. Um, the the five colors are also um, sort of representative of certain aspects uh, of magic. Um, you know, black magic is kind of what you would expect from something called black magic. It all tends to be. Uh, generally evil. Um, a lot of the creatures are undead or, or demons of some sort or, or just, you know, nasty things, vampires, uh, etc. Um, white magic, on the other hand, is, again, as you would expect, sort of the, the opposite there. Um, you know, a lot of holy-type things, a lot of uh, healing spells, uh, you know, summoning knights and angels and that sort of a thing. Um, blue and red are both sort of elemental in nature. Uh, red has got a lot of earth and fire, uh, elements to it. Um, you can pull, you know, you can summon orcs and goblins, but also, you know, fire elementals and dragons. Uh, with blue, uh, it's more air and water-based. Um, and, you know, you, you can conjure, you know, merfolk or, you know, a variety of, you know, Aerial things, various birds and whatnot. Um, red is also very chaos-based. Uh, a lot of, you know, direct damage effects. Uh, white is, is very, or blue, rather, is very um, very cerebral. Um, a lot of, you know, effects that can change the rules of the game or counter other spells, um, that sort of a deal. Uh, and then green is sort of the the forces of nature. Um, a lot of their creatures are um, like woodland creatures, you know, summoning bears and and you know badgers and and things. Uh, but also a lot of the you know sort of fey elements, you know, your elves and centaurs and, and that sort of a thing. Um, and it's cool in that you can you know 
mix and match these uh, again to, to sort of meet your your personal sort of style. Uh, you can play a deck that's all one color. You know, if you just want to play something that is is just very quick and you know does a lot of damage quickly, you can play an all red deck, and that thing will will you know you will be able to set things on fire very quickly. Um, if you're you know more into sort of a a a slower game that focuses more on defense and and keeping you know your life total up. Uh, if you want to play an all-white deck, they can that, that'll that'll work out for you. Um, quick side note, as I just mentioned, life totals, um, and it's probably good to tell you you know what the whole point of the game is, what the the objective there is. Uh, the primary win condition uh, is to take your opponent to down to zero life points. You you start the game with with twenty twenty life points. Um, and whenever you zap the other person with a spell that does damage, or whenever you hit them with a creature, um, it subtracts from that. Uh, so the goal is to get your get your opponent down to zero life. Um, and as I said, there are spells that will let you, you know, do damage directly to that person. There are also spells that will let you heal and you know get life back or prevent damage from happening. There, there's a lot of lot of interactions there. Um, Another way that you can win is to is if you are playing and you ever are at a point to where you need to draw a card but do not have any cards left to draw, you lose. Basically, you run out of magic. That is a lot harder to pull off um, because, like I said, you typically pay, play with 60-card decks. Uh, you draw seven cards to begin with, and then under normal circumstances, you draw a card around. Um, so unless you've got something that is either allowing you or forcing you to draw more cards or discard, you know, more cards, that's that's kind of a harder one to, to make happen. Uh, but it does happen, and there are decks that are designed to do just that. Um, and sidebar. Um, so back to the topic of, you know, the colors and, and sort of mix and matching those. Um you can play, you know, a deck that's all one color. They refer to those as, you know, mono-color decks for the obvious reasons. Uh, or you can, you know, sort of mix and match. You know, if you want something that, uh, you know, will let you do a lot of direct damage and have a lot of creatures, you can do one that's red and green. Um, if you want something that is just pure destructive power, uh, you can play a red-black deck. Uh, if you want something that is really super into defense and, you know, getting your life totals stupid high, build yourself a white and green deck. Um, and you can build, you know, decks with, you know, three out of the five, four of the five. If you want to build a deck that's got all five colors, you can do it. It gets trickier because, as I said, each of the spells requires that you have certain quantities of, of the land of that particular color out to to be able to cast those spells. Um, so the more colors you have, the harder it is generally to to be able to cast what you have in your hand. Um, in my experience, two colors works out pretty good. You can balance that pretty well to be able to make that happen. Three colors gets tricky. Four colors, you had better have a whole bunch of really specific fancy cards in your hand that let you generate mana of whatever color you want. Um, and obviously a one one color deck is 
you don't have to worry about, you know, um, what color mana you're generating because probably you only are generating the, the color that you're after. Um, uh, what else is there to say about it? Um, I've actually said more about it than I thought I was going to be able to. Um, it's 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 great fun. Uh, it came out in the early 90s. Um, it's one of the few games for whom I know the creator. Um, I don't know him personally, but I know the person's name. I mean, ask your random person, you know, who's the inventor of Uno? And no one's going to be able to tell you that. Well, most people won't be able to. Uh, but I can tell you that Richard Garfield, uh, you know, created magic back in, you know, the early 90s, um, and he's a freaking genius for doing it. Um, since it's come out, they, you know, they, they came out with the initial set, uh, which I want to say is like 300 and some cards, uh, again, in various rarities, common, uncommon, rare. Um, it, after it kind of hit and people caught on to it, uh, it hit big. It became very popular. It sold very well. Um, it, it Magic the Gathering was sort of like crack for gamers in that once you've tried it, uh, tried playing, you either weren't into it, like, yeah, I'm good, and you never touched it again, or you got sucked in and you're like, this is freaking awesome. I must now go buy cards and you would spend ridiculous amounts of your disposable income to acquire these cards. Um, the company, in their, you know, capitalistic wisdom, realized this to be the case and, you know, started releasing expansions um, to the game. Um, so, you know, every so often they will release a new set of cards that are, you know, generally all new cards, new creatures, new abilities, new new things. Um all of which you can play with all of the other cards you've previously bought. Um, it's not like, uh, oh, we have this new set and it's a standalone thing and all of your old cards are garbage. It's, oh, here's a whole bunch of new stuff that you can mix in with the stuff that you know and love uh, to make things you know, more interesting and fun. Uh, which, again, is pretty genius, um, both from a, a sales and marketing perspective, but mostly from a, a game design and you know, fun and good times. Uh, perspective. Um, I honestly couldn't tell you how many expansions they've they've gotten since then. Uh, normally, about once a year, they've released a new sort of main set, uh, and probably somewhere between two and three expansions a year. So I want to say it came out originally in '93, and it's you know 2018 as I'm recording this. I'll let you do that math. Because uh, I'm driving and can't be bothered, but it's a whole lot of expansions uh, and a whole lot of cards. Um, you know, I I got into it uh, not when it first released. It was out for a little while, and there were a couple of expansions out before I finally, you know, sort of caught the bug. Um, but once I got my first couple of starter decks, um, I was definitely one of those people that was spending money. Uh, that I shouldn't have spent on it, um, just because it was, like I said, it was very, it was like crack. You, once you, you know, kicked into a booster pack and are like, oh, these cards are awesome, I must buy another. Um, and nowadays, uh, a booster pack 
15 cards. Um, is around two dollars and fifty cents a pack. That that tends to be about what the, where, where they are. You know, depending on you know if you go online or if your local game store has the deal going or whatever, um, you might get them cheaper. Um, if they're you know for the current release for the current expansion. Um, if you're looking to buy booster packs of things that are no longer in print, uh, you're, you could be spending some, some serious uh, extra money on that. But for, you know, they, they release a new set and you want to go buy some boosters, it's about two it's about $2.50 each. Um, if you buy a box of boosters, that tends to be cheaper. And for those who are, you know, have that kind of disposable income and are that into it, that's that's kind of the route to go. Um Guilty as charged for several expansions. Uh, I'm proud slash ashamed to say. Um, but that's about what they cost nowadays. And um, I guess what I should say, you know, particularly in a context of my spending more money than I should, uh, considering my income level at the time, the reason I mention this is that... Um, the specific time that comes to mind would have been when I was, you know, away at college. Uh, and keep in mind, when I was away at college, I did not have a job. Technically, I worked at McDonald's for a day, but that's a story for another time. Um, generally had no income. Um, however, being a stupid college student um, who is susceptible to, uh, I believe it was, discover that, you know, sent me an informative mailer that said, you know, I was, you know, approved for a credit card, and I'm like, well, this seems like a thing to get uh, in, in case of an emergency, I told myself. And, he, again, the lapse in judgment that you can sometimes have uh, under the effects of dangerous substances like Magic the Gathering is that after you've bought that booster pack and got that rare you were after, um suddenly paying for another booster pack becomes an emergency that is worthy of, you know, throwing down plastic. Um, and at this point in time, Magic was simultaneously super popular, but super scarce. Um, the people who were into Magic were into Magic and were all about getting to it. Um, the folks at Wizards of the Coast, uh, the game company that, that produced it, uh, I don't know if they just didn't have their production levels up to speed yet, didn't know to expect the kind of demand that there was, or maybe they were doing it on purpose to, you know, create scarcity and get people, you know, pumped about it. But I was paying like 7 to $10 a booster pack at the time, because you'd go into game stores and say, like, hey, yeah, Magic, they're like, yeah, we're sold out. Like, it, it was just hard to come by. Um, and they, you know, supply and demand. They were able to charge $7 for 15 cards, um, little bits of colored, you know, cardboard. Um, and dumbasses like me would toss down, you know, in my case, plastic to make that happen. Um, you know, luckily as time went by, I, you know, gained employment and was able to, you know, both feed myself and pay the bills and have money left over to buy Magic the Gathering cards. Um, and that is clearly a, a far superior situation to, to what I had in high um, in college. But there you have it. Um, I... 
I want to say I got into it. It was after high school. I think I want to say it was probably the summer right before I went to Akron uh, for college. Um, first got into it, and there were a couple of fellas there at home um, that also, you know, bought in and got into it. Um, had great times. Uh, I got up to Akron and basically got my roommate hooked on it. Um, and there were a couple other guys on the floor who had played and were into it. Um, and again, it's, you know, it was the sub, it was one of the substances of choice in college. Uh, you know, most folks go off to college and, and, you know, stay up all night drinking and partying and don't make it to class the next morning, uh, because of that. Uh, in my case, we were up until four in the morning playing Magic the Gathering, uh, and I was too tired to wake up and go to class, um. Neither is a good situation, kids. Um, when you're going to college, you should, you know, study. I mean, yes, have fun, but you're you're there to, you know, study and go to class and, you know, get yourself an education. Uh, don't don't pull a Todd. Um, learn from this this lesson. Um, but played all through all through, uh, you know, the year away at college, which subsequently turned into why I only went to college for a year uh, in my youth. Um, in the Navy, obviously couldn't take the cards with the boot camp. Um, I believe it was a school, um, that I saw that they had cards, uh, for sale in the base exchange, uh, which was dangerous because then a large portion of that disposable income, uh, went to Magic the Gathering cards. Um, and at one point I went home on leave and retrieved all of my, you know, my collection that I had before I went into the Navy and had, you know, a whole bunch of cards and managed to get a bunch of go the other guys in the Navy, you know, hooked as well. Um, and so played, you know, the whole time I was in the Navy. Um, really enjoyed the game, bought, you know, acquired ridiculous amounts of cards. Um, when I got out of the Navy, um, there was a period where I just kind of stopped playing, um, it was a combination of the folks I was hanging out with uh, in Florida. Uh, I mean, Kenny played, but we had other things going on at the time, and the guys that we hung out with weren't into it. And Magic is an awesome game, and you can certainly have a lot of you know good games one-on-one -on -one with the same person. But after a while, you know, I've seen your cards, dude. I know all your tricks, and vice versa. And it just kind of waned. Um, also, whenever they would release a, a new major set, um, they would introduce uh, sort of new roles, new abilities. Um, and the more expansions you do, and the more, and when you're releasing new broad abilities throughout those, uh, from a game design and balance perspective, it's hard to factor in thousands and thousands of cards and the various interactions that they can have and not run into something that is going to be, you know, a killer combo or, you know, some new ability that makes other abilities from the past kind of pointless. Uh, and at about that time, they came out with an ability that I'm not going to get into the mechanics of because, again, I like you people and I don't want you to tune out. Uh, but it was one that particular, in my opinion, particularly unbalanced things. And I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I'm taking a break. Whatever. Um, 
So I kind of fell out of it for a few years. Um, when I... I always have a hard time figuring out how to best phrase this. Um, when I got married the second time in that family, um, I don't know why that's weird to try and describe, um, but it, that was the situation. Um, the the young stepson uh, was a big fan of, uh, I believe it was Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, the card game. And I'm like, oh, yeah, cool, I, yeah, I used to play Magic. And he's like, well, there are guys at school who play Magic, what's that all about? And I broke out the cards, and, you know, here's how it is, and taught him how to play. Uh, and next thing I know, it's, um, you know, all four of us uh, were playing. Um, me, the the wife at the time, the stepdaughter and the stepson. Um, which dangerously coincided with that one time when I, when we got a tax-exempt license um, and gained access to game distributors and had an online game store um, and therefore had access to all sorts of gaming stuff at wholesale prices. Um, imagine, if you will, you know, a crack addict getting access to wholesale crack, and that it, it, it went about as what you'd expect except, you know, pieces of, you know, colored cardboard instead of, you know, lethal street drugs. Um, the number of cards that were acquired during that period were absolutely ridiculous. Um, we made some killer decks. It was great fun um, and not as expensive as it would have been otherwise. Um, so, you know, there's that. Um, because of that and having such a sweet, sweet collection of awesome cards, um, many of which, you know, dated back to the beginnings of the game, and like I said, with the the secondary market uh, for these cards being what it is, if you've got cards from, you know, super old expansions, those bad boys are worth money, um, and you can sell them, or you can hang on to them and play with them, which was my preference, uh, but it also means that when you leave Florida, um, to go to Ohio and are, you know, strapped on cargo space, um, the three giant boxes of magic cards are not necessarily your priority to bring with, and when you lose a collection of that size and of that value in both playability and dollars, um, those really awesome cards that you had, you're not going to go shell out $30 for a single piece of cardboard. Um, and there was a definite, uh, you know, maybe it's not the most logical, but there was definitely a sense of loss uh, in not having those and a reluctance to take up the, the game again starting from scratch. Um, knowing that, you know, man, I had all this really awesome stuff, and it's gone, and I can't get it back, and I really don't want to start all over. So, there were years and years, um, there of not playing Magic. Um, I just, I just wasn't going to, you know, I, it was kind of a, uh, a sort of Magic rehab, um, whether I liked it or not, and I, I wasn't going to, um, go back to that, um, 
Until, of course, there were some guys at work that would get together after work to play Magic. And I'd be like, eh, I'll go see what they've got going on, see what's new and different in the game. Um, you know, and one of them's like, oh, here, I've got an extra deck, why don't you play? And I did. And, again, at this point in life, I, you know, was kind of back on my feet financially and had a little extra money to, to spend on this and that. And, you know, it all starts with, oh, I'll just buy a starter deck. Oh, I'll buy a couple booster packs. Um, I have more cards now in my collection than I ever did um, back in the day in Florida uh, because, yeah, I just got fully, you know, hooked again. Um, and it's fine. Like I said, at least this time around, I, I had the money to spend. Um, there are still some wicked sweet cards that I used to have that I don't have replacements for. Um, and that's fine. Um, I've not really gone out and gone online to buy, oh, there was this one specific card I had. I must have it. I will spend the $30. Um, luckily, because they release new expansions with such, um, with such frequency, um, the cards are so prolific. There are cards you can get now that are either reprints of those or new cards with similar enough abilities to where it's, it's about the same. Um, but yeah, I've got got a lot of those. Like I said, um, within the past couple, you know, few years, I've I was that guy who would go out the day that a new expansion was released and pick up my pre-ordered. Uh, box of boosters, um, go home, uh, you know, open all, I want to say, 36 packs, uh, immediately go into, you know, sorting them and whatever. I mean, there's a whole thing uh, <laughs> that goes into that. Um, and it was, and, and I want to say it was around my 40th birthday or so. I kind of fell out of playing Magic, uh, we used to get together on lunch breaks. Uh, you know, we we run over Kroger, grab a, a personal pizza and a Mountain Dew, and then go to, you know, one of the break rooms and play Magic through lunch uh, every day. Um, and it was around when I was 40 uh, when I decided, hey, you know what, maybe I should be a little more uh, better to myself. Um and the plan wasn't to stop playing Magic. The plan was to start eating better and being more active, uh, which meant not going to go get the personal pizza and not sitting on my ass for the hour lunch break. Uh, it was, I'm going to, you know, have different food uh, that you really can't eat and play cards at the same time, and I am then going to go for, you know, walks to get, be more active. And so the side effect of that was I kind of stopped playing Magic. Um, and um, that was fine. Uh, you know, it's been a good thing. Um, but I still enjoyed the concept of Magic. I still thought, you know, well, I've got all these cards. I'm sure I'll play again. Oh, there's a new expansion. I would like to have some of that so that when I do play again, I've got all of those things. And it was about three expansions later having bought boxes of boosters, opened them, sorted them, checked them all out, and never having built a deck with them or playing the game, that I'm like, 
I am just absolutely pissing money away for no good reason. I need to stop that. Um, and so it was probably a couple years ago I stopped buying Magic cards. Um, like I said, I still have all of them. Uh, occasionally the idea crosses my mind of going through, um, and possibly selling some of them. Like I said, there's, there's a very interesting secondary market for those cards, uh, especially if you've got, you know, rare cards or older cards, um, to where you can, you, you can get some, some cash out of that. Um, I wouldn't advise Magic Gathering as an investment strategy, uh, but if you've got them and you're not playing them, you can sell them and get some money back. Um, you know, it's not, they're not worthless. Um, but every time I do, I, I just think, you know, I've lost my collection once, and I know as soon as I sell these, I'm going to want to play again, and I don't want to have to restart from ground zero. Um, I've gone through and said, well, I'll build some decks. I'll build some of my favorite combos from the past, and I will set those aside, and then the rest of them I will, you know, divvy up and sell. That's just more effort and time than it's worth it to me at this stage. I mean, if I ever find myself, you know, unemployed and in need of cash, that is absolutely one of the first things that'll go. But until that happens, uh, they're not hurting anything sitting in their multiple boxes in my basement. Uh, so I'm just going to, you know, just going to leave them as that, um, and like I said, someday I'm sure I'll play, um, you know, um, who knows what the future holds, um, the thing about buying the cards, you know, buy, buy the booster, you know, at random, random assortment, um, and particularly when you're buying them, you know, buy the box of boosters, is you end up with a lot of uh, duplicates. Like I said, they, you know, every every pack has a guaranteed rare or mythic rare, three uncommons, um, and then what would that be? Eleven commons. Um, and in a particular set, if you open up a box of those, you're going to end up with a lot of the same cards. Um, the way the generally accepted deck building rules are, you can have up to four of a given card in your deck. So if you do that, any card, any specific card that you have more than four copies of, those are all essentially, by definition, extras. Like, you, you, you have no reason to have those. Um, so I'd, you know, go through after I'd buy the cards and stuff, and if I had more than four of one, I would put them aside. Um... And generally, I would, you know, go into the guys at work and be like, hey, man, I, I got a big old commons box here. Anybody wants them, have them. They're not doing me any good. Um, you know, nobody's buying commons. Like, if you go to the card stores or online, nobody's buying commons. They're, they're just, they're not worth anything. So I just gave them away. Um, and over time, I had a ridiculous number of, you know, amount of those. Um which at one point, uh, I'd kind of, you know, given a lot of those to young Lily, who enjoyed the game for a period there, um, until she was not interested anymore. Because um, she got a bunch of commons, and then she also, you know, birthdays, Christmases, you know, allowance, whatever, would buy cards. And after a while, she had a pretty decent collection going. 
some of which were some rarer cards that I didn't have and had eyes on. Um, and when they were just sitting around, I'm like, listen, you know, I'll I'll buy those off of you. Um, and she got a decent decent amount out of it. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna not trying to make it look like, oh, haha, I will rip off my daughter uh, <laughs> by buying her cards off of her for stupid cheap. She, she I, I I gave her you know fair market value. Um, but because of that, a lot of what she had were my extras to begin with, so they were more extras. Um, and like I said, in the in the spirit of sort of paying it forward, um, I collected all of those and gave them to my nephew. Um, hi, Hunter. Uh, I honestly don't know if he's taken any interest in them or not. Uh, frankly, it's it's all good one way or the other. If he likes them and enjoys them and wants to play, I'm happy to teach him to play or, you know, build a quick deck and play with him. Uh, if he enjoys them just to look at the cool art, because I will tell you, uh, magic cards have the best fantasy art uh, you will see. Like, really, really talented artists uh, put together some really awesome visuals for those cards, and I could see someone just wanting to have them because they are just cool. Um, kind of tra treating them like trading cards in that respect, just because they, they've got cool artwork uh, and never played the game. I'm happy that he has them. Uh, frankly, if he takes them all and works them into the spokes of his bicycle so that it sounds like a motorcycle, that's fine, too. Uh, like I said, they're they're all extras. Uh, I'm not here to judge. I just, you know, wanted to, you know, pass it along in hopes that somebody will find, you know, enjoyment from them in one regard or another. Um, you know, like I said, maybe I'll play again, um... Maybe I'll buy more cards in the future if I get back into it. Um, don't see it in the cards, haha, <laughs> pun intended, uh, anytime real soon, but you never know. Um, and so, yeah, I've made it almost all the way home, and sure enough, I have managed to blather on and on for a full episode on Magic the Gathering. Um, like I said, I, I didn't know that really there was going to be that much to, to get into on it. Uh, but lo and behold, here we are. So, um, I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, if you are a person who enjoys uh, games, uh, and I hope that you are, um, you know, and want to look into it, they're, they're, you know, it's real easy to get into. Um, you know, they've, they've made it that way. Uh, you can you know, go and, and buy, you know, a bunch of boosters and build your own deck. Uh, nowadays, they've got it to where you can buy any number of pre-made decks uh, that are all, you know, pre-constructed, have the right mix of, you know, land to creatures to other spells ratios um, that are all very thematic, um, and you can just sort of buy one of those and immediately start playing. Um, and you can just play with those, or you can use those as the basis, the, the sort of starting point for your collection. Um, you know, like I said, you can do all sorts of fun things. Um, if you are a person who is looking to play the game, um, I recommend learning the game one of two ways. Um, 
you know, you can go you can go to their website and they've got, you know, videos and instructions and whatever and that's fine. That is not one of the two ways I recommend. Um if you're a people person, um just about every game store worth its salt um has, you know, Magic the Gathering cards. They also have, you know, a support system built around that. Um, and there's this thing called Friday Night Magic, where people bring their cards to the game store and throw down and play a crap ton of games. Um, and like I said, if you're a, a people person and you like interacting with new people and want to learn a new game, um, go to Friday Night Magic and just kind of hang out and watch the folks and talk to them and say, hey, look, I'm thinking of, you know, trying this out. Can you teach me? And most of them will be very happy to do so. Um, like I said, it's a great game, and most people like adding to the community, having new people to play, uh, suckering new people into the addiction. Um, if you are not that much of a people person, um, and you would rather sort of learn on your own before you venture out to play others, um, the they make, you know, magic apps for, you know, your, your you know, tablet machine or your phone um, that you can, you know, get. Um, I can't remember if they're free. Um, I know that once you get them, they're in-app purchases where you can buy cards and stuff, but you don't necessarily need to do that. Uh, the base app will give you some card, you know, will give you some decks, and the tutorial will essentially teach you how to play. Um, buy small stages, you know, step at a time so that once you've kind of, you know, gotten through there, you'll know enough how to play uh, to where you can start to play some game against real humans. Um, and I recommend that. Um, when the game first came out, um, those resources were not available. Um, the Each starter deck came with a rule book. And when I say rule book, imagine a booklet that, you know, is the size of a playing card that was, oh, shoot, um, 20 to 50 pages um, long. Uh, you know, a, a booklet that, you know, folded in half uh, is the size of a playing card. Uh, I don't want to say it was printed on Bible paper, but it was very thin paper. And I want to say that the font on that was probably like six-point font, eight-point font maybe, just jam-packed, because there's a lot of rules. There's a lot of stuff to, you know, know how to play it. And, man, that was hard to have make happen to learn how to play, but that's what you had to do, because there wasn't really an Internet. Um, and, you know, like I said, in the early days, it, it wasn't as popular as you could go anywhere and learn. You know, for, for my group, I was the guy who had to read the book and figure out how to play and then teach my buddies. Um, kids these days, they got it so good with their apps and their internets. Um, and, you know, good on you for it, because I wouldn't wish learning magic from those original rule books um, on anyone. That was that was just evil. Um, but like I said, if you're into it, uh, give it a whirl. Um you know, if you're not, I hope I didn't bore you too much with this episode. Um, and that's about all I've got to say, and I'm about to uh, pull into the old space. So 
thank you for joining me today, and I hope you all have a good one. Thanks. And that's it.